This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation. Call 0845 6060 Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien on LBC. Four minutes after 12, you are listening to LBC. And uh, in a moment, we will begin our weekly journey into the unknown. It's not in a sort of uh, Twilight Zone kind of way, quite the opposite. It's more in a pub quiz kind of way, or a university thesis, PhD, A-level studies kind of way. We call it Mystery Hour, but it's not supernatural or anything like that. It's simply a case of celebrating... Ah, oh, every week I say this, and so I feel a bit silly saying it, feel a bit pompous, but I, I must stop apologising and feeling awkward for it. It's a celebration of education, knowledge, illumination, and it doesn't matter whether you picked it up in a lecture theatre or a classroom, or on a sofa in front of the telly, or on your travels in Ulan Bator. Wherever the knowledge comes from, it's valuable. And that's what we celebrate today, the value of knowledge. 0845 6060 973 is the number that you need to join in. If you've got a question, a who, why, where, when, what, whether, whither, wherefore, whence, why do we do that? What does that mean? Where does that come from? Who invented this? Who did that? Where does, why does, what does, who does, when does? You get the picture, right? So you've got a question like that in your mind. I know you have. Maybe you could find an answer by googling it or using a, a search engine. I wouldn't, personally, because then you can't celebrate knowledge. Somebody else listening to this will know the answer to the question that you're currently contemplating. The reason they'll know it is because they've sat in that lecture theatre, they've watched that television programme, they've read that book, they've visited that place. And that's what Mystery Hour is all about. Getting them to draw upon their education and experience to answer your mystery. OK? So gets incredibly busy. It's getting crazy now. We're, we're not, I wouldn't say we're becoming victims of our own success, but it is getting really, really busy. And that means, forgive me for the housekeeping, it means for about three or four minutes, Michael and Rhianne are answering phones at a rate of knots and politely inviting everybody on the other end of the phone to, uh, to move on. Because either the question is something that we've dealt with in the past, the mystery is very popular, but it is also quite old. So you don't know the stuff that we've dealt with relatively recently. The podcast has brought in a whole heap of new listeners. Uh, if you're not aware of the podcast and you're relatively new to Mystery Hour, you can download loads and loads and loads of them at lbc.co.uk for free. So uh, I will just cautiously say that, that it used to be the case, if you hit the numbers really quickly at 12.02, you were in with a good chance of getting on. In a way... If you're an old hand at this and you know how it works, you're probably going to be better off hitting the numbers at about 12.10. But anyway, let's wait and see. The point is this. If you hear someone on the other end of the phone politely inviting you to take your question away and stick it where the sun don't shine, then please obey their polite request as quickly and as, uh, and as politely as you can. Let's start with Karen, who's in Bramley. Karen, what's your question? Uh, yeah, we, yeah, we tend to watch lots of football in our house, and we always use the saying, um, it's not over to the fat lady thing. Oh. And then one of the kids actually that asked yesterday, it says, why do we say that? We must have done this about 67 times, haven't we? Fat I lady, but I can't remember the answer, so it's still called it the fat... Is it something to... The fat lady thing? Is it not just the opera? It's the aria at the end of an opera, is a fat lady. Well, I, that did come to mind... But you want someone. Know, you want. You want a bit of definitive knowledge here, don't you? You don't want. You don't want meanderings and wanderings. You want definitive yeah. knowledge. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to give them an answer if I don't know it's 
right, because otherwise Emma's probably come back to me anyway and say, no, it wasn't. Uh, do you think the fat lady has sung for Liverpool this season? Oh. <laughs> She's certainly having a good gargle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Martin is in Collins there. Thank you, Karen. Martin, question or answer? Uh, question, uh, please, James. Yes. I want to know why all elections, whether they be parliamentary or European elections, why are they always held on a Thursday? Markets. Yes. Markets. Yes, sir. Markets. <laughs> Market. Oh, markets. Markets. Market oh, day. Market day. We don't have market day in Collindale. No, not anymore, mate. <laughs> but you did once, and the best way to ensure that as many people as possible would be able to vote would be to have the election on the day when they weren't at work as much as they are on all the other days, or go market day. What about Saturday and Sunday, then? Used to work. Also, you, where are you going to open up on a Saturday and Sunday as easily as you can open somewhere on a, on a weekday? Well, it's just that probably more people are not working on a Saturday or a Sunday. Do you want an answer to your question, Martin, <laughs> or do you want to sit here splitting hairs all afternoon? <laughs> I'm fairly confident it's markets. Right. Well, you well, don't sound impressed. Well, I mean, that is a, that is a thing, but I mean... Uh, we don't, as I said, we don't have market days these days, so... No, but, we, but you're not, it's about, an, it's an orig, it's a tradition, isn't it? So it begins when we did have market days. So why can't they update the tradition? Well, why would they? It's not broken. <laughs> well, a lot of people are at work on a Thursday now. Um, yes, they are, but they're at work every day. Except Saturday and Sunday. Why do you they? obsess about Saturday and Sunday? There's huge swathes of the nation who wouldn't be able to vote for religious <laughs> reasons. Well, anyway, the, the way around... Uh, uh, well, all right, no, fine. Listen, you don't want my answer. I'm not going to make you take it. The, the way around it, of course, is everybody apply for a postal vote. What are you doing now? You're going off on a completely different tangent. <laughs> Why are all... Elections on a Thursday. James has satisfactorily answered, but Martin is not prepared to accept his answer, therefore we'll put it back on the board and invite all comers to answer. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much indeed. And what is the origin of the phrase Fat Lady Sings? And as I said, hit the numbers now at ten past twelve. We've dealt with, I think, some of the early... What would the word be? Inundating? What's the word? Like, not a flood, the other thing. Uh, not an avalanche. The, you know, a deluge. The early deluge of callers has now been dealt with. So, if you've tried and failed to get through, and you know how it works, and you think you've got a good question, <laughs> hit the numbers now, and we'll speak in a moment. 0845-6060-973 is the number that you need. Seriously, actually, there's, there's a whole heap of phone lines free, which was not the case 47 seconds ago. Chris is in Tooting. Chris? Oh, hello, James. Um, I've got a, a rather frustrating situation uh, in bringing up children in the fact that most battery-powered toys seem to take three batteries. Um, now, uh, most packs of batteries come in four, and if you want to use rechargeables, they generally uh, can charge two at a time. Which, and it's just so frustrating, but virtually every toy seems to use three batteries. I just want to know why. Hello? I think that might be the most boring question we have ever had. But isn't it one of the most frustrating things as a parent? I, I, if, if that is one of the most frustrating things you've encountered as a parent, Christopher, I am, I am prostrate with envy at your parenting experience. What about getting poo in your mouth when you're changing a nappy? That has never happened. It's a lot more frustrating than having to find batteries in groups of three, my friend. Okay, well, um... You're the judge, right? No, I'm not. I'm, I'm just the rude bloke on the other end going for cheap laughs. 
it is something I've, I've really been wanting, wanting to know. Really? Really? Absolutely. Have you ever tried to find... You've got two batteries, but no, it wants three. Hang on, oh. I'm just... Let me... Let, let, I think we need to do a bit of empathy. I need to... I, I don't think I'm feeling your pain, am I? So, OK, no, here we... Just, let me... Just, no, whoa, whoa, OK. okay so, like, I've got a remote control car, and I take off the back, and my little one is going, where's my car, Daddy? I want my car. Why won't it play? And I get the batteries oh. out of the drawer. Do you have a battery drawer? Uh, well, yes, and a battery box, absolutely. Yes. So I get the drawer out, and it needs three, and I've got about eight in my drawer. What's the problem? Well, you tend to, well, you, you might Robert Dias, eight, mate, Robert Dias, you can buy them by the bucket load. Well, absolutely, but that seems quite wasteful, and the best thing to do is get rechargeables, charge them up, but uh, when you're always wanting to charge three, that's no good. Do you know, the more you speak, the more embarrassed and ashamed I am that I describe this question as boring. It's assuming a life of its own, Chris. OK, fair play. Why? I mean, the answer will be a, 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 there'll be a relationship between efficiency and, and length of battery life, won't there? So you need, a, you, need a de- you need a certain amount of electricity to make the thing work. Yeah. And then you have a decision to make based on how long it will work for. I would be totally happy if they wanted to make it last a little bit longer. And always and put four in. Four. That would be fine. And are we talking definitely about devices that could accommodate four batteries, or could there be a space issue here? Um, no, mo- most children's toys are quite big. There always looks like there is space, absolutely. All right. I don't think it's as simple as that. Okay. So what you want to know is why anyone has ever made a toy that takes three batteries because it's such an anomalous number. Pretty much everyone makes toys with three batteries, and I'm sure... She's never bothered me. It's never bothered me. I'm very, very happy for you. But, well, now it might. You've sort of opened a whole new world of pain up for me. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe it's uh, with having boy children. They seem to have more battery-powered stuff. I'm not sure. Let's find out. Three batteries. Why? We demand to be told. 0845-6060973. Remember, that's the number you need for your answers as well as your questions. Origins of the late Fat Lady Sings. I can't believe that got through again. It's unbelievable. Fat Lady will be singing for Mystery House soon if it carries on like this. Uh, why do we have elections on a Thursday and batteries in threes? What's that all about? It's coming up to quarter past twelve. This is LBC. Nineteen minutes after twelve, Mystery Hour continues. Questions currently in need of answers include three batteries in a machine, Thursdays for elections, and fat ladies singing. Why, why, and why? Professor Martin is in Manor Park. Professor Martin, what would you like to say? I'd like to say I think that Chris has been guilty of just remembering the awkward time, the very rare event when uh, the toys need three batteries. Most times, I should say three cells, by the way. You've got three cells, then you get about one battery. But anyway, um, normally the uh, electronic devices that are DC work off one and a half volts, three volts, six volts, nine volts, or 12 volts. And that requires one, two, four, six, or eight batteries. Eight cells. Is this going to be, is the answer possibly going to be even more boring than the question? Um, no, that's Good. exciting. Thank answer, God for that. Carry on. Answer. Sorry? Carry on. I mean, practically everything we buy depends on uh, electronics, and uh, very many of those are batteries. So that's uh, exciting. A lot of people will be listening to you using batteries. So they will. You're quite right. Yes, exactly. So why three? Uh, not three. Uh, why not three? Um, it's just that most circuits are either usually six volts or 12 volts. I, I still don't really understand. Well, each, each cell is one and a half volts. So to get six volts, you need four cells. And to get 12 volts, you need eight cells. And then when you've got eight cells, you've got one battery. But that should be four or eight, then. What? That should be four or eight batteries, then. Uh, 
Those are the most common ones. But he's consistently finding appliances that only take three batteries. No, he isn't. He's he, just but what? Oh, so you're calling him a liar! This isn't boring <laughs> yeah, at all. I'm telling you, I, I'm saying that he has um, been remembering the times that it was awkward and forgetting the times it was convenient. It, it's a normal human thing to do. So he hasn't encountered a three-battery orifice quite as often as he thinks he has? But it's most unlikely, it's most unusual. But, you know, to be honest, to be fair to Chris, I have actually got a remote control car at home that takes three little batteries. Uh, It is unusual. So he is mistaken when he thinks it's... It proliferates. It might just be one of those people who, by sheer chance and sheer bad luck, has got several with three cells in it. And and this is one of those wonderful moments when I ask what your qualifications are... And you pretty much silence any sceptics currently listening. Uh, Professor of Robotics at Middlesex University. Can't really say fairer than that. Although, (laughs) I I mean, if I was Chris, I'd feel a little aggrieved that you've effectively poo-pooed the premise of his original question. But that's your prerogative. You're a professor. John's at Heathrow. John, question or answer? It's an answer, James. Carry on. uh, The answer to why it's not over to the fat lady sings, you're quite right, it was to do with an opera... And it was the last song of the opera, which was usually sung by a soprano, which was usually quite a large lady who could handle the, the tone and notes of that song. And she would do sort of like a solo to let the, the audience know that this was the last... Qualifications? Uh, I've read it in the doctor's surgery in the Reader's Digest manual. Well, that'll do. But if she can't, they, they didn't put... There must be an aria in every, or in many major operas that suits a soprano, that gives that, that is also indicating to the audience that the opera is over. They don't send her on the stage to sing something random because she's fat. No, but it was, no, it was usually like a, a, a last piece with a last major solo, and I read it in there that this lady who got, you know, was usually quite a large lady who could handle and sing that last bit was usually quite a large lady. I, uh, I said that already. Well, maybe so, but you asked for the people to ring in. Yeah, but only because the person asking the question didn't seem that persuaded by my answer. Well, maybe they're more persuaded by my answer. Well, how can they be more persuaded by your answer when it's exactly the same as mine? Well, it isn't, actually, because I've put a little bit more in-depth research into it by reading it while I was waiting in a doctor's surgery. Well, I learnt it at Harvard University. But did you, though? No. No, exactly. All right, you have the round of applause. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. (laughs) Darren's on the M25. Darren, question or answer? Uh, hi, James. Um, it's a question. Um, I'd like to know why the pirate's flag is called the Jolly Roger. Yeah, so would I, actually. Have we not? Uh-huh. That's amazing. We never, ever, ever encountered that before. Well, uh, funny enough, I did ask the producer whether it had ever come up before, and uh, no, I don't I, think it has. I don't think it has either. So, so the uh, Jolly Roger, origins of the phrase, for the pirate... I mean, maybe it's not real. Maybe it's just in Treasure Island or something like that, and real pirates never... I mean, to be honest, it's not very piratey to give your flag a name. Well, no, that's it. And I always wondered why, you know, if you want to be inconspicuous, you'd actually fly a flag with a skull and crossbow. Highly right? unlikely. Well, there might be a reason for that. No, I think you'd be asking for trouble, really. But... Do you know, it's an excellent point you make. If you were trying to sort of scurry around the high seas incognito, sticking a skull and crossbones at the top of the mast would probably be among the least wise things you could do. Yeah, yeah. Not well, let's not talk ourselves out of a question. Jolly Roger is the uh, 
is the name we're all familiar with. Let's try and find out where it comes from. Darren, thank you. Uh, remember, as I bid farewell to Darren, a phone line becomes free. 0845 6060 973 is the number that you need. Lee's in Slough. Lee, question or answer? Uh, question, James. Yes. Uh, um, just uh, wondered why, maybe when we hear a piece of music or um, a statement or something like that, when we're moved, why do we get goosebumps or like the hairs on the back of our neck stand up? You don't mean you, you mean an emotion rather than a, a breeze? Yeah, why, yeah. And why do we get like why, why, why does that physical change happen, or how does that physical change happen in us without us actually wanting it to? You can just you know casually hear something and then oh, and you take notice of it because you feel a physical change in your body. I like uh, that. It's no, not because it's not fight or flight, is it? It's not. No, it, it, it's something takes over. You don't even mean it. So you could be listening to the radio. But that's true um, of all, all, all kind of uh, chemical responses, like if your heart starts beating faster or something like that. But goosebumps, when's the last time you got goosebumps listening to me, Lee? Uh, I'll get it every... Every what? Wait, I'm, every time I listen to you, I'm still waiting for your acceptance of, uh, whenever I phone up, we, uh, you, haven't, you haven't accepted one of my uh, answers yet. No, well, I'm sorry, it's not my fault, mate. If, if you can't, no, no, can't, no, can't, no, if you can't produce, don't shoot the messenger. Not, but we'll try and get you the question on what, what goosebumps. Yeah. So the, chemi- the biological, the chemical explanation of, yeah. of goosebumps. Yeah. And not cold, because the cold skin, I think there's a reason the hairs stand on end and it insulates you better and it keeps you warm. But in terms of actually something a bit poignant, something a bit moving, something a bit emotional, I love that question. 0845 is the number to call. Mike's in Hammersmith. Mike, question or answer? Uh, it's a question, please, James. Come on, Mike. Right, the question is, I went to uh, a cash machine this morning that wasn't operated by a main bank, and I took out £20, or withdrew £20, and there was no charge for that whatsoever. And what I want to know is, how can that cash machine generate any money for the operator of the cash machine? Why does it have to? Because they're offering a service, James. But, but was it, how do you know it wasn't owned by a bank, or...? or? It, says, it actually said on it fairly specifically that it was operated by... Uh, a private company. Where was it? They didn't make a charge. It was in East Grimston, actually, on the forecourt of, uh, of a garage. Now, I don't know if this will be a definitive answer, but I wouldn't be surprised if it is. There's, there used to be, there's one near me, there's one outside Budgeons, that was free for about a year and a half, and now it's pound fifty a pop. Right, OK. So whether or not they've put it there as a sort of... soften you up, get you used to the facility and then they smack you with a charge 18 months down the line. Or it also used to have advertising on the back of the um, statement. If you had a statement printed out, there'd be an advert on the back, and sometimes there'd be advertising on the screen as well. Yeah, I was, you know, I was without prolonging the question, thinking about it, and thinking, that costs a lot of money, that actual machine. Somebody's got to put money in it, take money out of it. You know, I've had the same thought myself about the one outside budgets, but then two years, as I say, a few yeah. a, a few months down the line, they started, it started charging again. So maybe there's a rule. Maybe the council say I I, I, it's going to. The answer is going to be they raise money somehow. So they either raise it through advertising, or they will start charging eventually. Or the petrol station owners have, have, have decided that it's actually good for their business to have it there. Okay. Are you going? You're not going to take that, are you? I'm not sure I would. No, you know, I just, I just think it's. It must cost them thousands of pounds a year to operate that one machine. Because someone's got to fill it up, someone's got to drive the money around, yeah. so someone's got to lock it, check it. Reconcile it, all the security. You know, how do they actually make that a viable business? How do they physically make money out of that machine? And they're not profit-making. No, it was, it 
Out of that machine. Yeah, all right. I know. I, I like that. I, I like. I mean, maybe it's just two anoraks, but just because I've had the same question myself makes makes the question appeal to me. But go back in a year, Mike, and see if they're charging you then. I will do. Change. I'll Th- send you an email. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll try and get you an answer first. Goosebumps, Jolly Rogers, and Cash Machines. Put those together, and what do you get? Questions that need answers at the moment. If you've got an answer to any of these, the uh, is it, what's the word? Is it anatomical or biological? Either way, we want the scientific explanation of, of emotion-induced goosebumps, not temperature-induced goosebumps. We want the Jolly Roger, the uh, origin of that phrase, if indeed it is the accurate phrase for describing a pirate's flag, and, and cash machines that don't seem to make any profit. Oh eight four five six oh six oh nine seven three. I've also got a few queries on the batteries. Que- I knew that was going to cause trouble. That question. <sighs> I, I don't know if it's enough yet for a full-on stewards inquiry. I shall take advisement during the news. Time now is half past twelve. Thirty-three minutes after twelve. You're listening to James O'Brien on Mystery Hour, where we continue to wrestle with some of the greatest enigmas of our time, like mm, goosebumps. What's that all about? Bob's in Wallington. Bob, question or answer? Uh, answer, James. Come on, Bob. Um, nobody can be definitive after all this time, but it's about the Jolly Roger. Oh yeah. Um, in the very early days of French privateers, they obviously couldn't fly the national flag. So they substituted a long red pennant, you know, like a ribbon flag. French for pretty uh, is jolly, yes. and French for red is rouge, so hence the jolly rouge, as a kind of sardonic thing, rather than... Uh, so it's got know. nothing to do with the skull and crossbones? No, but that's what the privateer's flag became known as the Jolly Roger because of that. Now, of course, somebody's going to ask, so how did it turn into the skull and crossbones? No, no, one, no, no one's going to ask that, because it probably didn't turn into a skull and crossbones. Probably not. No. It, it probably was always a, a, just a red strip, a joli roger, yeah. and it, it's only Robert Louis Stevenson or someone of that ilk who stuck the skull and crossbones on the flag, because as the questioner quite rightly asked, if I was a pirate, I wouldn't walk around with a great big T-shirt on saying, hello, I'm a pirate. No, you wouldn't. And you'd only raise the flag when you were going into attack to put the fear of what's it's up the people you're attacking. What are your qualifications? Um, my son runs a pub quiz, and uh, uh, I heard the questions. Uh, uh, I didn't know the answer then. No, that's after. a pretty definitive answer, actually. Yeah. You can't, you can't <laughs> say fairer than that as far as qualifications go. He probably go. wicked it, I expect. What were we doing this morning? I was chatting to a colleague, and that was it. Uruguay came up as, as a team that had won the World Cup, and we both said it almost exactly the same time, pub quiz. Yeah. How do you know that? Where was that information filed away? <laughs> they won the first World Cup back in the 30s. Pop quiz. Pop quiz! Bob, this yeah. is for you. <laughs> doesn't mean they're right. No, well, don't say that, mate. You just got your applause. That's outrageous. Uh, George is in Guildford. George, question or answer? Question, please, James. Yes? Um, I was talking to a friend the other day, and they were saying that there's 7,000 islands in the Philippines. And then they asked me how many islands are in the British Isles. And I have to say, I don't know. Well, is anyone going to know that? I, I know this is a, an hour where we celebrate illumination and there's a moratorium on actually reference books and, and, and looking stuff up. But off the top of their head, how many islands in the UK? I mean, including, like, North Uist, South Uist? Oh, no idea. In the Hebrides? I mean, how, I don't even know how many Hebrides there are, George. Inner or well, outer? I don't. I don't. Are the Falklands Island? They're, they're not part of the British Isles. They're just part of the, what, United Kingdom? So you've got Great Britain, United Kingdom, and British Isles. You specifically want to know the number of isles and islands that are yeah. close enough to the coast of Britain to be considered part of the British Isles. Well, somebody must know. Otherwise, how do we know there are if somebody invites them? Well, obviously, 
somebody knows in the sense that somebody knows, but whether or not anybody knows in the sense that they have that information at the tip of their tongue or at their, at their fingertips, I, I, I don't know who would. Uh, do you? No idea. That's the reason why I phoned in. No, I don't mean do you know the answer. I mean, do you have any idea of who might know the answer? What sort of part? Like a keeper of the islands? Um, maybe. Or the environment agency, or... Oh, no. That would actually ask them to know something. No, back. you're on. How many islands are there in the British Isles? All right, mate. No, thank you. I, I, I sort of think that... Oddly, speaking about pub quizzes in the previous question, that should be the sort of thing that, that somebody somewhere goes, oh, actually, it's 312. Katia's in Grantham in Lincolnshire. Katia, question or answer? It's a question. Yes. Uh, you know this French sentence around the coat of arms that you can find on the one-pound comb? Yes. Um, why, why is it still there? Because it's French, and, but I guess you're not really French, are you? Well, me personally. Well, not you, but I mean, you know, Great Britain. Which, 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 I think it's Latin. No, 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 no. Oui, 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 oui. Oh, go, 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 okay, I've got decorset to Tarman. We must oh, have right. different no, coins. I've, I've, I'm sure of that, is because I've seen that many, many times, and I've been living in England for a very, well, for, for quite a lot of years. Are you French? I'm not French, I'm from Belgium. Belgium. Yes. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> And uh, I've all, I, I'm shocked. Why but but when I mean after 1066, for, for quite a long time afterwards, Norman yes. French was the language of the ruling classes and the aristocracy and the royal family in this country, and it's there it's just are. it's just obviously but, something we haven't got around to changing yet. Exactly. You, well, I'm not saying anyone should, but has anyone tried ever? What to get rid of it? Yes. Well, why would we want to? Well, let's just say I can't see anyone in. France would like to keep any things... Oh, yes, but that's because they're, they're, they're narrow-minded and insular. Okay. We're international and tolerant. We look out around the world and embrace other cultures and languages. Okay, right. Is that, is that the answer? Uh, possibly not, but I'm not quite clear on what the question is yet. Well, it's, the question is, why is there Dieu et Montfort uh, on the court of arms? God and my right, is it? What does Mont... Yes, yeah, God. Well, it, because, because, because William the Conqueror conquered us. Okay. I know that. You've said that already. I Thank know. You. Thank you. You're but welcome. it shouldn't be there, really, should it? But that's just racist. <laughs> I can't believe it, Katia. <laughs> ringing up here with your Belgian prejudices. <laughs> what sort of show do you think this is? Oh, right, so I will keep on marking. Well, no, the, the, the original question was, where does it come from? To which I could have said, if I was feeling facetious, France. But I didn't. It's because we were conquered by William the Cock. I don't. Well, actually, I'm going all cocky now, which is usually a precursor yes. to coming a cropper. Okay. All right. Do you think I should make it a campaign for some politicians? I can't imagine anyone getting behind you on a call to abolition. <laughs> uh, uh, you want to abolish French words from British coins? Yeah. <laughs> well, good luck, Katia. Thank you. Seriously, bon chance. Twenty to one. If you can answer that question from an angle that I managed to miss, then you are doubly welcome on oh eight four five six oh six oh nine seven three. Catherine's in Barnet. Catherine, question or answer? Wow, I can't believe I've got through after all these years. Good morning, James. Nor can I, Catherine. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. It's a question which I hope's not come up before. Okay, let's find out. Okay, so um, in this age of um, aviation, advanced aviation technology, why is it that large commercial aircraft cannot reverse using their own power. They always have a tug pushing them back. And I just wondered if it was 
physically impossible or if it was to do with safety. Yeah, I, do you know, I decide something weird happens at 20 to 1 on Thursdays. Is I, I move into this zone. I know people think I try and answer too many questions, but about halfway through, yes. I start thinking I'm in, absolutely invincible. I think I can answer it. I started thinking of an answer to that then, and then I caught oh. myself. No, hang on. I caught myself thinking, you're just making that up completely. Completely. I was about to say, yes. I can't believe you're interested when I've just admitted that I'm completely making it up. Or are you just, <laughs> are you just being polite? No, no. You well, have, I was uh, about to say that it, the gear that you would need in the in the in the in the engine, yeah, that's right. To go into reverse, the gear they decide on on ergonomic grounds, yes. To dispense with that mechanical gear in yes. order to sort of keep everything streamlined because how often does a big plane need to go into reverse so they've made a sort of cost benefit ratio decided to build planes without a reverse gear because it's cheaper and it's smaller and i mean when does a plane need to reverse much anyway out coming out of the terminal they always reverse what back yeah, no, 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 that was a rhetorical question. Oh. Well, obviously, they need to reverse a lot. They need to reverse a lot, but not enough to justify the expense of an extra gear in the um, gearbox. So you, right, that answer didn't flow, James. Stay there, Catherine. But, no, hold on. No, stay there. Oh, okay. Adam's in Brentwood. Adam, how am I doing? Um, yeah, uh, yeah, kind of, okay. Yeah, um, go on. Basically, um, yes, aircraft can reverse. Uh, be it a jet or a propeller, um, the jets, um, you probably see it when you land and they put on the uh, reverse thrusters, you see part of the engine opens and then it's kind of... Thr- so uh, although re- you're not going in reverse, the, the, the engine is in reverse, which is what slows the plane down. Well, no, 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 no the, en- the engine itself is still uh, going in the same direction, you just redirect the thrust. Right. So you need that amount of thrust I'm just to gonna, push the aircraft back. I'm just going to be uh, From a standstill, yes. it's, a, it's a crazy amount of force to be putting onto the, the uh, terminal building. Oh. And, um, and also the uh, the amount of thrust and the amount of fuel they've used up. But, quite simply, as you very well said, airplanes don't have wing mirrors. Wing mirrors? Yeah. Oh, you're so, very sweet. I didn't, yeah, I didn't say that. So, oh, so the amount of energy... So, but, 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 uh, no, it's, uh, it's, it's a mixture of the two. If they really need to, if they're in a real tight spot... I've, um, I've worked in aviation for years now. Yeah, I'm coming and there to have, There have been occasions where um, air traffic control... Uh, uh, well, aircraft won't listen, and they turn. You've got two aircraft nose to nose. They can reverse one of them, um, but again, it's it's more likely that you'll you'll send a target out to use it because it's just it's just safer. Catherine, um, Who, whose answer do you prefer, mine or Adams? <laughs> Adams, I think. But what? I just wonder because I've seen a DC nine reverse back on its and I thought yes. it was if the engines were mounted high up near the tail, they could. But if oh. they were underneath the wings they couldn't no it's nothing to do with that it's uh it's uh yeah it should they they all can um but it's just uh the amount of thrust that would be needed do planes even have gears do planes have gears in that sense um propellers do in a way yeah but but we're not uh, talking about propellers talking about whopping great jets aren't we well uh, propellers are still used on modern aircraft but, uh, but the answer is no, they don't have gears. Yeah, so in a way, when I said, how am I doing? And you said, eh, yeah, all right, you were being really absurdly well, polite. Well, no, you did... I, I never even mentioned through... mirrors. I never mentioned mirrors. Oh, was it, was it, was it the lady that mentioned mirrors? Then? Catherine, Somebody did you did. mention mirrors? Mirrors. <laughs> did you mention mirrors, Catherine? No, I didn't, and I was uh, referring to large... I thought it was you, James. Who, who mentioned mirrors? Kind of... 
I think you did in one. Yeah, of I think you're right. I, I think I, I, no, I think it must have been me. Absolutely right. Yes. Should we share the round of applause, Adam, or do you want it all no, to yourself? No, no, because you said it in a facetious, dismissive way. <laughs> well, I say everything in a facetious, dismissive <laughs> exactly. way. Exactly. Which is why I'm claiming this one to myself. Thank you. Well, I'm happy to. Catherine, she's quite bowing, bowing to your knowledge. Thank you. <laughs> all right, then. No, I'll, you're welcome. I'll tell you what. I'll just leave you to it. James. Thank you for nothing. It's 12.44, you're listening to James O'Brien on LBC. Mystery Hour continues for another 15 minutes or so after the very latest travel news. If you can answer the, the Goosebumps question still hasn't gone, or the Cash Machines question, or the British Isles question, they're all very good, actually. The biological explanation of emotion-induced Goosebumps, the Cash Machines that don't appear to make a profit for anybody, and the number of islands in the British Isles. Any of those, or, of course, a question of your own. 0845 6060 And we still, of course, the answer I provided was rejected, so we still want to know why all elections happen on a Thursday. It's 12.45. 12.49, you are listening to LBC. Goosebumps, Jolly... No, we've done the Jolly Rogers. Goosebumps, British Isles, how many are there? We should know that. Every child in England should know that. Every child in Britain. How many islands are there in the British Isles? No-one's got a Scooby-Doo, as far as I can tell. Why do we have elections on a Thursday? Martin wasn't happy with my answer, even though I think it was correct. And... Has anyone got the goosebumps? That, that front of the queue, front of the queue. If you can tell us the the, the biological explanation for goosebumps, uh, Grace is in Coventry. Question or answer, Grace? It's a question. Yes. Okay. What would happen if nobody voted? What? No one at all. No one at all. Couldn't happen. It. Why no? Why you'd can't vote it for yourself. No, you, no one voted. Everyone stayed at home. Well, even the people running voted. for office didn't vote. Yeah, no. Well, that's one just voted silly. Why would it be silly? Well, what, why would it be silly to run for office and not vote for yourself? Especially if you knew no. that everyone else in the country wasn't okay, going to vote and you had an open goal. Here, right. What would happen if nobody voted? So, Is there like a law or some sort of backup plan? I presume that the person in charge stays in charge. But that wouldn't be fair. Why not? Because. Because what? There might be another reason why no, like... Well, go and vote for him then. No, but there what? might be another explanation. So if nobody voted... What, like a plague? Pardon? Like a plague. What would the other explanation be? No, not an explanation. I mean, there might be something else that happens if nobody voted. And are we talking about constituency level or national level? National. So if nobody turned up... Yeah. At all? At in all. any no constituency vote. in the country... Yeah. Not a single vote were cast... Who would the Queen ask to form the next government? Yes. The leader of the current one. Same thing that would happen if it was a draw. Are you sure? No. I don't know, because sometimes I. you answer what? questions and yeah? I'm thinking, I don't think you're sure. I bet you're glad sure. you weren't at college with me. <laughs> so I think maybe we should let somebody else answer. If the same mm. as yours, then it'll be fair, but I'm not going to take your word for it well, now. Okay, because you, I mean, you couldn't get a majority in the House of Commons. Who would get the seats? I, I, so... I, I, d I don't... It's quite complicated. Well, it is and it isn't. Hang on, really? It's, it's, it's like if you were, like, in a school football team... Yeah. And then you... <laughs> now you're being ridiculous. <laughs> and nobody, nobody voted. Everyone said we're not going to vote. Yeah. And it wouldn't be fair to have the same captain in there, because nobody's actually voted for them. You can't, you can't say it's unfair if you've chosen but not to... you can't to... just bring it on. You can't just let it carry on to the next... Like, like season, if nobody actually, because clearly no one wanted them to be. So on May, no on May voted. next year, May the whatever next year. Yeah. If nobody in Britain votes at all, yeah. what happens? Yeah. 
Yeah, what happens? Do we now say, okay, let's not have a government? Or something like that. Probably you never not. Know. I, I don't know. I just don't think there's an answer. I think it's a bit like asking what happens if the moon falls out of the sky. Actually, it's, it's nothing like that. Ignore my last. Yeah, comment. that's yeah. a bit. Yeah, I know. that's All why right. you can't yeah. be trusted. Yeah, to answer the I, question. I completely agree. <laughs> I completely agree. Let me. Okay, so no one votes. What happens? Yeah. What happens? Why, why? Why do you want to know? You know, I don't know. I think I had like a bit of a conversation about communism last week, and I was thinking, what would happen if we didn't have a government? So, what would happen if no one voted? Would we just all just get on with life? Did you vote in the last election? Yes, I did, and I was highly disappointed. So I'm going. I'm still going to vote. I Good. think it's my right, so I'm going to do it. Yeah. But what would happen if no one voted? Everyone had like everyone protested, so we're going to stay at home. What would happen? That's, that's fine. I'm not know. trying to put any ideas out there. To <laughs> but I'm just asking what would happen. We've only got six minutes. Yeah. Oh, Sorry. I should have called early, shouldn't I? You, well, you <laughs> might not have got through. Oh, but, yeah, I called about six times, so it was literally the last. I was about to give up, then somebody picked up. Never give up. Try, try, and try again. I know, Seriously. yeah. Seriously. 0845 6060 973, if you can answer Grace's question. What would happen if nobody voted? It doesn't, is, it, is it a question? What do you call it? should be a word. We should invent one. A question without an answer. It's probably a German word. Paul is in Hoddesdon. Question or answer, Paul? Aha, an answer. Oh, yeah. It's about... Uh, voting on a Thursday. Yeah. The reason why people vote on a Thursday is because of drunkenness. What? Yes, it is. People used to be paid on a Friday, and they, the, the, the people in, in power thought that if they waited until Wednesday when they'd spent all their money, by Thursday they'd be sober, and they'd make a decision to be able to vote properly. And that is why we always have it on a Thursday. Shut the front door. No, honest. Really? Honest. Yep, that's it. Doesn't that it's make them more only... likely? Doesn't that make them more easily bribable? <laughs> no, no, not really. Because what would happen is they'd have a hangover, and at least they might be happy to think sensibly. Qualifications? So re- Qualifications? Um, I used to work for the government, shall we say? <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty useless as a qualification. Does, does that, but no, but is that how you know the answer? Yeah. That's why they did it. They did it on Thursday because they thought that people would be sober because they'd run out of money. So it was paid on a Friday. By Wednesday, they'd run out of money, and Thursday they'd be sober, and they'd be out to vote. What do you reckon? I reckon that's good. Hands up if you think this works as an answer. Hmm? Only, only Jones is joining in. He likes it. He likes the answer. Yeah. Round of applause. <laughs> Round of applause yeah. for Jones. Round of applause for Paul. All elections are on a Thursday because people were too drunk on every other day of the week. Yep, that's it. Well, you live and learn. Frank's in Twickenham. Frank, question or answer? Hi, it's an answer, I think. You um, think? First time caller, James. You're I'm very welcome, nervous. Frank. Where, where have you been all my life? Right. Where have I been? I've been working. Oh, fair <laughs> I'm enough. I'm retired now. Oh, carry on. Well, better late than <laughs> never. Good to have you on board. What would you like to say? Right, it's about the cash machines. I used to, I've been public most of my life. Oh, yeah. And, and, and in lots of cash... And it costs quite a lot of money to bank cash um, because they charge you for counting it. Yeah. Um, so I think the cash machine, but I've just been the one in Sainsbury's, I think partly it's advertising, partly it gets you along to Sainsbury's or Tesco's or wherever it is, but partly they're quite big cash businesses and they don't want to have to pay for banking it. So they so fill it up themselves with the money out of the till? Yes, they do, yeah, yeah. So they charge about... 
up to five pound a thousand bank cash. Do they? So if you take a thousand pounds worth of twenty pound notes down there, they charge you a fiver or something. So uh, you know, over the course of a weekend, some of these machines take fortunes, or you know, dole out in, fortunes. In, yes. Yeah. Pop. Dole out for so it's, it just makes economic so, uh, sense for the for the. Yes. But what about the one outside and, budgets? Well, and security, of course. Well, they've obviously won ten enough, so they. No, 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 no. Because there's one inside budgets that that. Yeah. That was free, know. and then they built um, another one outside where the phone box used to be, and that was free for oh, eighteen I months, see. and then they started charging. Yeah, you have the right to charge. They tried to the bank tried to get me, or some company tried to get me to put one in a pub once. So I didn't want to know, but you know it's security as well. If you take uh, the cost of security, I mean, I had a pub in Twickenham, so I took lots of money on rugby days, and I had to employ which pub security did you have? Cabbage Patch. Where's I that? For thirty-one, right in the. No, um, I did. No, 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 no. I know the Cabbage Patch. It's down what, the racer hey, station. Hey, yeah. Well, Thursday's busy. Yeah. Thursdays. Thursdays. Were, they, were they busy? No, they were all, all outvoted, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give them a round of applause. Well played, Frank. Good answer. And well kept up. Stuart's in Lewisham. Question or answer, Stuart? Oh, hello, James. It's an answer about the emotion-induced goose... Can, I, can we call them goose pimples? Yes, if, you, if, you're un- if you're uncomfortable with bumps. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, the heart and the gut are affected by our emotional responses. Yes. And so the body has to supply more blood to those, like the increased heart rate, for example. Mm. It reduces the supply to other organs, like the skin. The skin would get colder, so the goose pimples are the mechanism for warming the skin from the thousands of years ago when we used to have more hair and fur on our bodies. But why why emotional? Uh, Why emotional? What do you mean? Well, I I understand that you get goosebumps, they warm you up, but why would it emotionally oh just because the heart and the spleen and the and the gut are affected by exactly that's yes that's what i'm saying qualification stuart uh good grammar school education round of applause for stuart quick want to squeeze in james in bromley james question or answer uh answer in regards to the question on how many islands are in the british isles Uh, come on then how many islands are there in the british isles it's almost impossible to define exactly how many you've got six seconds Um, but basically there's in total there's around six thousand two hundred um, Give him a round of applause. I haven't got time to check his credentials. <laughs> that's it. Well played. Uh, that's it from me for another day. We'll do it again tomorrow morning from 10. I'm James O'Brien. You're listening to LBC. The next voice you hear belongs to Julia Hartley Brewer.